Well, good morning, church. Um, good morning. And so before we dive into our text for today, I just want to take some time to kind of frame for us what we're going to be talking about today and next week. Um, these two weeks, I just want to share with you some of the ways that the Lord has been leading me to pray for our church as we enter into a new season in the life of Blueprint. Ways that the Lord has been leading me to pray for our members. Um, ways the Lord has been leading me to pray for those who are our visitors. Maybe you're a casual visitor or a regular visitor, but you're not a member yet. And ways that the Lord has been leading me to pray for you who are probably visiting the church for the first time. For those who may not know, um, last August, I had the privilege of joining the leadership team here at Blueprint to serve as one of the elders and also the shepherding pastor. And I want to say that it's been a privilege to be a part of this team. And I acknowledge, listen, with all sincerity, that I know that I'm not the most qualified person to be in this role. Um, but you're stuck with me. Um, to be honest, I'm well aware of all of my flaws and all of my limitations to lead this church. I know my limitations and my flaws as a person and as a pastor, and I'm completely aware of all the ways that I'm inadequate. And to be honest, I am not ashamed to admit that. I'm not. In fact, I believe that it's in acknowledging our weaknesses and our vulnerability that God's strength can be made perfect in us, right? It's when we embrace our weaknesses, and you know, that's true for every single one of us. When we embrace our weaknesses and trust God's grace and guidance, he will empower us and use us in incredible ways, and so I firmly believe that God doesn't call people who are qualified, but he qualifies those he call. And I believe his power works at best in those who are weak and those who may not have it all, or maybe those who may not know it all or have it all put together. But God is the one who empower us to do whatever it is that he is calling us to do. And so this is what encourages me every single day as I pass through this church, because I realize that one, listen, God doesn't need me. He doesn't. And whatever it is that God may be calling you to, he actually doesn't need you. But he invites us. He invites us to be a part of the great work that he's doing. And I praise God that he invited me to be a part of, a part of the great work that he's doing here at Blueprint. And so this past year, I've had the incredible privilege of serving with amazing people. Um, I've had the privilege of serving with Dahari, uh, who's the founding pastor of this church, who's been faithfully leading this church for the past 13 to 14 years. I've had the privilege of serving with our elders, um, although we don't agree on a lot of things or, or some things, I guess. But you know what, man? I praise God for that. Um, I praise God for them because they are faithful men who love this church and who are focused on what God wants for this church. 
I get the privilege to lead with Titus II women. And these are women who work alongside of our elders to help care and shepherd this church. I get to lead with an incredible staff. And then I also get to lead with our city group leaders who are actually on the ground doing the work of caring and shepherding for our members, our city group leaders, and also our great volunteers who are in the back. Volunteers who are downstairs with our Hello World discipling our kids. I love the fact that this church is not about one person. This church is not led by one person. This church is not about one person's vision or agenda. And so this church is about God's vision for the city of Atlanta and the neighborhoods in Atlanta. And so I'm really grateful for those brothers and sisters who are faithfully serving alongside of us, but then also holding us accountable to make sure that we're focused on fulfilling God's mission for Blueprint. And so my prayer is for you to be invited and for you to be a part of what God is doing here at Blueprint, to align yourself, to align ourselves, not with a vision that I have or anyone else have for Blueprint, but to align our hearts with the vision that God has for Blueprint, the mission that God has for this church, to take the gospel to a dying world, to make a lasting impact, to bring transformation to the lives of people, not just here in this building, but in our community, to unleash healthy people to do ministry where life exists. And so this is the reason why I wanna focus on this text today, because this is what reminds me every single day that man's vision is never better than God's vision. My vision is never better than God's vision. Our vision is never better than God's vision. Your plans are never better than God's plans. And so what this text is gonna remind us today is our plan, no matter how well thought out, how well intended it may be, or how well creative we may be with forming and crafting a plan for our lives, they can never be compared to the wisdom and the sovereignty of God's plans, right? And so as we enter into this new season here at Blueprint, I pray that we would be fixed on God's plans. And so verse one in Proverbs chapter 16, it says that the plans of the heart belongs to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The plan of the heart belongs to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. You see here, the first part of this verse tells us that every single one of us have these amazing, intricate, elaborate plans for how we want our lives to look. We all create these plans for how we want things in our lives to unfold. But the proverb says that this plan belongs to us. It's a plan that we created. It's a plan that we own. It's a plan that we've thought of. It's our wisdom for our lives, goals that we want to achieve, the path that we want to follow, ways that we want things to play out and look in our lives, or how I may want this church to look, right? And so we create these mental blueprints in our minds to achieving these goals. From a very young age, 
we think about what we want to be when we grow up, right? We think about what kind of jobs we want to have, what kind of salary we want to make, when to get married, how many kids to have, when to buy a house, what kind of car to drive, when to pay off our student loans, right? When to be financially stable so we can travel. We all create these mental blueprints in our minds where we present it to God to seek, right? Not to seek his wisdom and his guidance, but a lot of times when we present our blueprints to God, all we really want is his confirmation for him to approve our blueprint, the plans that are in our mind. Most of the time when we think about our plans, we've already made up our mind. We're already set in our ways. And we just bring these plans to God just to confirm what we've already decided to do, right? We become so attached to these plans emotionally. We become so attached to these plans mentally. And we've invested time thinking about it. Maybe we've invested money. We're dreaming about what we want our lives to look and mapping out things in our lives that we're not even open to God's leading and will to make any type of adjustment or change according to what he thinks is best. And so the last thing that we really want is for God to change our plans or ask us to completely surrender them. Most of the time we just offer those plans to God, just asking him to come along with us, right? And listen, it's not bad to have plans. It's not bad to have a vision for what you want your life to look. Because the Bible actually contains several verses where it emphasizes the value of planning. But we see here in verse one, what this verse is really getting at is, do we have an attitude of humility do we have an attitude of submission when we present our plans to God? Are we willing to say, yes, God, I do have a plan, but not my will, but yours be done. Do we have that heart? Do we have that your heart? Yes, God, I have a desire. Or yes, God, I have a dream. Yes, God, I have a goal. Yes, God, I have a burden. But I also believe that you have a perspective that far surpasses my own. I also believe that you see the beginning from the end. I also believe that you see all things perfectly. I also believe that in your infinite wisdom and love, you know what is truly best. Not my will, but yours be done. Do we have this attitude when we're presenting our plans to God? And listen, the second part of this verse says, right? The answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And the reference to this tongue and this verse is communicating that it's God who has the final say in the outcome of our plans. You may plan, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. He has the final outcome. We may think we have a foolproof plan, we may think we have a foolproof vision, but ultimately God is the one who controls the direction of our lives. He's the one with the authority to determine the final result. 
He's the one who governs every single small detail to fulfill his purpose. He's the one that has better intentions and motives. The answer is from the Lord. We may plan in our hearts the way that we want things to happen, but God is the one who determines what actually happens. Right? And so and this is why for me as a pastor, prayer is so crucial. Prayer is so crucial because I may have a plan for my life. I may have a plan for this church, but prayer is what helps me align my heart to what God wants, with God's intentions, with God's motives, to listen to the answer of his tongue. And that's why I want Blueprint to be a praying church. And that's why I want us to be a praying people so that we won't be divided by personal plans or personal agendas or personal motives or personal goals. We would pray and make that a priority so that we would be under God's plan and God's vision and God's motive for this church. And I hope that we would become a praying people, people who are being led by the answer of God's tongue listening to his voice and submitting to his direction. I pray that every single one of us here would be praying people. I pray this church would be a praying church. I pray this church would be a desperate church, desperate for God in all areas of our lives. I pray that we would be an open-handed church, an open-handed people, even when we make plans, even when we may think that our plans are perfect, or well thought out, or creative, but we hold them loosely. We hold them loosely, ready to release them and receive God's best for us. And that's the attitude that we are to have. That's the ultimate attitude of trust, right? Recognizing that God's ways are higher and better than ours. And so as we open our hands to God, we invite him to shape our lives, shape us and lead us in ways that we may never have thought of or could ever imagine. And recognizing that God is a better planner than we are. God is a better planner than you. Whatever it is that you're trying to think of or plan for your life, God is a better planner than you. And he has a better plan for this church, right? A better church a better plan for this church than we could ever imagine. And so I want to ask you, what are some ways right now that you're planning out your life, some goals that you may have, some dreams that you may have that maybe you're holding tightly to that God could be asking you to let go and be open-handed with? What are some ways that you need to be open to God's leading? Maybe and how you are pursuing a career, right? Maybe God is trying to redirect your career. Maybe God is trying to redirect your relationships. Maybe God is trying to redirect your expectations, right? What are some ways that God may be calling you to trust him? And then we see in verse three, verse three says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. When we commit our works, when we commit our plans, our vision, 
Whatever it is that you're pursuing in life, when we commit those things to the Lord, it means that we trust him. We trust him. It's like we're putting those plans in a safe and we're hiding it in a secured place. You're putting those valuable things of your heart in the hands of a loving God, and that's a safe and secure place. We trust him because he knows all things and he has the best interest for our lives and he will ultimately work all things for our good. And that doesn't mean that he will guarantee everything that we want in our lives to happen exactly how we want. It doesn't guarantee that everything will work out the way that we want. And he may lead us in different directions than what we envision. However, we trust him because he knows all things. He's omniscient. And because he knows all things, we can rest in him, even in all the changes that he may make, because his ways are often beyond our understanding and they are always perfect. When my wife graduated from dental school about four years ago, um, a year now, uh, she found out that she was matched uh, to, to come to residency here in Atlanta. And so we were living in D.C. at the time. And so when we found out that we had to move to Atlanta, to be honest with you, man, I wanted to be a supportive husband, but I hated it. I was very disappointed. I was at a church in D.C., a church that I love, and I was pastoring there. And um, in that church, I met some good brothers who we became close friends, best friends. And I was under some amazing leaders, and these leaders helped shape me spiritually, but then in my leadership. And this was a church that I felt like, Lord, I can be here for a very long time. And then when my wife found out that we were moving, I tried to have a smile, but then deep down inside, I was trying to think, man, Lord, what can you do to shut that door, <laughs> right? And maybe open the door for DC, but not to move to Atlanta. And so when we started making plans to move to Atlanta, um, we came down here one weekend. And so we were eating, we decided to come visit Blueprint at the time that Sunday. So we decided to eat at Highland Bakery, not too far from here. And so we ate there. And then after we were done, we said, you know what, let's walk to Blueprint. And as we're walking to Blueprint, we started prayer walking. We're praying, we're praying. And we're like, Lord, if you're calling us to come here, Lord, I really don't want to, but help me find peace. But then not just that, but use both of us in amazing ways that we probably are not thinking of, right? And so we walked here, we came to Blueprint, we visited Blueprint, and then we... This was a church that we were a part of um, back in 2011. And so we were gone from Blueprint for several years and coming back, we're like, oh man, I mean, this is a church that we still love, but I never thought that God would call us back to pastor this church. And then I saw how the Lord orchestrated every single thing to bring us back, to be a part of this family. And you know what, now thinking about it, this was the best plan. I praise God that he shut that door in DC 
and that he opened a door here. And I never thought possible, and I never had that in my plans. But then we see how God redirects some things and orchestrates some things for our good. And I praise God to be a part of this family. And so I want you to hear this. God is so mysterious. God is so mysterious and creative, right? Sometimes what we don't understand, like unexpected turns and changes and challenges, are all part of God's plan to reveal to us his power and sovereignty, right? God is too creative to just recycle our past successes. He's too creative to recycle our past experiences. And that's what I was looking for. God, just recycle the experiences that I've had at this church or this point in my life. And God is too mysterious and too creative to be predictable. And so this is what we see in verse four, where it goes on and says, the Lord has made everything for its purpose. Everything is for its purpose. God is not limited to just repeating seasons in our lives that were great, but he's always at work to bring new and fresh and amazing things to bring us to a place where we see his awesome power. He's too creative to just recycle our past joys or our past experiences. And this is what we want. We all have a tendency, right? To just hold on to the familiar things and things that, things that we are comfortable with, especially if they've brought us joy. We love to hold on tightly to those past success. If it worked in the past, if it's not broken, don't fix it. That's our natural tendency. We hold on to what we know, hoping that it will guarantee similar outcome, right? So whenever I go to a restaurant, I always look for the same thing in the menu, chicken and rice, right? So I'm from the Caribbean. That's all we eat, chicken and rice. Whatever we're eating, there has to be chicken and rice in the menu. And so two weeks ago, my wife and I, we went to New Orleans for our um, anniversary and so my wife is different, right? She likes to be adventurous and take risk. And so we went to eat and then on the menu, she saw turtle soup. And she's like, hey, let's try turtle soup. And I'm like, no, give me chicken and rice. And she's like, Carly, let's be adventurous. We're out in New Orleans. Let's try turtle soup. I don't know why I listened to her. I tried it and it was nasty. It was nasty, right? And I'm like, why did you make us waste money like this, right? And so this is my wife. She's like, let's take risk. And I'm not, no, I'm comfortable. Give me chicken and rice, right? And so I think we are like this sometimes. We're like this sometimes. We just want chicken and rice, recreating the past experiences, the things that we are comfortable with. We like holding on to those strategies that worked, but then we don't like to take risk. 
We don't like to step outside of our comfort zone. We love recreating good memories. We love holding on to our past. And listen, God says everything is made for its purpose. Everything has its season. And listen, when that season is over, don't try to recreate it. Don't try to recreate it because you are in a new season. And then sometimes trying new things like turtle soup, right? Maybe nasty. Or sometimes stepping out of your comfort zone and trying new things can lead to unexpected outcome. And listen, it may not always be pleasant. It may be different, but holding tightly to the things of the past can keep us from embracing the fresh experiences or the fresh, op fresh opportunities that God is preparing for us in this new season, right? Sometimes we have to step outside of our comfort zone and trust God. Every season in nature bring its own beauty and significance. And so does every season of our lives, right? So let's celebrate. Yes, celebrate the past, but then at the same time, embrace what God is doing now. And that's my prayer for us. My prayer for us is to meet God in the unknown. To meet God in the unknown. Verse nine says, the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes steps. It means that we make plans, but God is the one who establishes our steps. Sometimes we may, we may know, right, what God is doing, but then sometimes, actually most of the time, God never reveals to us. He calls us to step out into the unknown, right? We may never know what God is doing. We nev may never know where God is taking us. But what we see here in this text is that our steps are established on the certainty of God's wisdom and providence. You may not know where God is taking you, but God has already paved the way. You may not know where God is taking you, but God has already gone before you. And he's placed everything on your path. He's placed signs to direct you where he wants you to turn. And he's present with us every single step of the way. And whatever it is that God is calling you to do, God is there with you, right? And so we may not know, but God is calling us into the unknown, but then he's also calling us to rest in faith, rest in faith, rest in, in the assurance that God is our faithful guide. He's our faithful God and his plans for us is good and is filled with hope. When we read the Bible, we read experiences like Abraham, where God told Abraham to leave your homeland and to follow me into the unknown. Abraham had no clue what was gonna happen. He left his family behind. He left everything that he knew to follow God in the unknown. And then what we see that God did, God made him the father of many nations. God told the Israelites to follow him into the wilderness, to follow him into the unknown. And when they follow God into the unknown, 
we see that they experience God's wonder, God's power, God's presence. Jesus calls his disciples to follow him into an unknown future. And they left their familiar lives. They left what they knew and they followed Jesus into an unknown future and they experienced a transformed life, a life that God used them to do amazing things, to transform this world. You may not know where God is leading you, but where he's leading you to is deeper into his presence, deeper into his presence. The unknown often challenges us to rely on God more deeply, to trust him and his faithfulness more fully and to pursue him more closely. Listen, you are a member here today and you're probably wondering, where are we going as a church, right? Maybe you've been a part of Blueprint for several years and you're looking at this church and you're like, you know what? This doesn't look like the old Blueprint. And where are we going as a church? Maybe you're a casual visitor and you're probably wondering, where are we going as a church? I've been coming here for a while and I still don't know where this church is going. Maybe you're a visitor and you're like, what is happening here at this church? I don't know where this church is going. And you know what? Those are valid questions. And I wish I had a valid answer for you. Right? I know I have an answer. But do you want to trust my answer? Or do you want to trust God's answer? Don't trust my answer. Trust God's answer for where we need to go as a church. But the way that we would know what God's vision is and where God is leading this church is that one, we need to be a people that is seeking God earnestly in prayer, right? And that's not just for this church, but that's just every decision that we're trying to make. You may have an answer for those decisions that you're trying to make. Do you want to trust yourself or do you want to trust God? But how do we do that? We are, are to be people who depend and who are desperate on God. And we do that through prayer. And this is why I want to encourage you to be people of prayer here at this church. And we have several ways that you can join us and pray together as a church. On Thursdays online, we pray together as a church. First Saturday of the month, we pray together as a church. And I want to invite you to be a part of that. I want to invite you, whether you're a member or a visitor, to continue coming to church on Sundays, to join us as we study God's word, to hear from the answer of his tongue, like what he wants from us. And I want to encourage you, listen to me, this is going to be deep. Come at 11.15, all right? Not 1130, because you're missing out part of that experience. So come on time. That's very deep knowledge right there, all right? Spending time with 
God. I want to encourage you, you spend personal time with God, right? Because we're a body. And so when you're strong, the church is strong. When you're spending time with God, that benefits the body. Spending time in his presence, praying for one another, praying for the city of Atlanta. I want to encourage you to do this. And this is something that I adopted from Dahadi and Angie. But set an alarm on your phone for 4-4, 4-4 p.m. And this is our area code here for this church and also for the city of Atlanta. And so whenever that alarm goes off, just take a few seconds just to pray for the church. And even if you're like with people, just pause for a second. I remember I did that with someone who came to visit our house and they're looking at us like, what are you doing? Um, But invite those people, even if they're like in your midst, they're not believers, just say, hey, I just want to pause for a second just to pray for the church and then pray for the city of Atlanta. If we're all doing that, we will come together under one vision to hear God's voice. Cultivate a deep relationship with God so that he would empower you to be bold witnesses for him, right? To be bold witnesses for him at work, to be bold witnesses for him in the gym, to be bold witnesses for him wherever you go, inviting people into your life, into your city group, and then ultimately inviting them to come and worship with you, right? Cultivating a relationship, a deep relationship with God so that he can empower you to use you. And then I want to encourage you to care for one another, investing in each other's lives to see that we all grow in faith and that we all grow in love, right? And we see this is the same type of love that was invested in us, that Jesus invested in us. And we're talking about plans right now. Jesus is the ultimate example of what it means or what it looks like to submit to God's plans, to surrender to God's will. In the Garden of Gethsemane, before Jesus went to the cross, he saw the suffering that he was about to go through. But then he prayed, Father, not my will. If you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus was willing to submit to God's plan, even in the face of suffering and great loss. And this is the example that we have. And this is the attitude that we are to have like Jesus. Not my will, but yours be done. And not just that. Listen, We see how God had a better plan for us and we had a plan for our lives that was only leading us to destruction. But then God intercepted our plans with the gospel that while we were yet his enemies and sinners, Christ died on our behalf and he interrupted our plan. He disrupted our plans. This plan that we thought was good for us, ways that we are living that we thought was the best life. And we see how Jesus interrupted that plan to give us a better plan, to establish our steps so that we can follow God. 
and to be eternally in his presence. God is so faithful and so good that even the things that we think are best for us, his no becomes our best answer or his interception or redirecting our lives is for our good. And so this is what I want our church to be, to be a church that is communicating to this world that God has a greater plan for you. This world is establishing plans for themselves that is only leading to destruction. These neighborhoods are only establishing a plan for them that's only leading to destruction. The people in your life are only establishing plans that belongs to them that's only leading to destruction. But God is giving us answer from his tongue to give to them that he can redirect their lives and give them a better plan. And that's what I want this church to be, a church that is about God's plan, communicating God's plan to a dying world, not just holding this into this building, but taking it out to this neighborhood and taking taking it out to Atlanta. God has a better plan for us. God has a better plan for us. And God has a better plan for this church. And God has a better plan for this community. And it's not my plan, but it's his plan. And that's what I want this church to follow. And that's what I want this church to be about. Let's be open-handed and see where God takes us. Let's be open-handed and let's see what God does. And again, it's not about following my agenda or anyone else's, but we as a church come together And we as a church are fixed on what God's plan is for this dying world. Let's pray. Father. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information about Blueprint Church, visit us online at blueprintchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blueprint Church. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.